0: Hey everybody, it's Kathy and you are listening to Paranormal Tower. This is our first Paranormal Tower episode in January of 2021. So we have just said goodbye to 2020. Happy to see the back of you. Can't wait to see what 2021 has in store. So one of my favorite characters in American history is Aaron Burr, and largely because he's. So I guess I guess you've watched the Hamilton movie many times. So I the, I've seen the show, I saw the show a few years ago. Um, Hamilton's fine, you know. I the show is awesome. It. I love the show. I haven't and seen it. One of the things I love about the show is it's historically accurate. Like there's yeah, no that. Okay. It. it's it's historically accurate, right down to what a dick Thomas Jefferson was. It's like it's right there. Um, okay. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, one of the things about Aaron Burr was you really never, you didn't know where he stood because he wanted to be on top regardless. So if you won, he was with you. If you won, he was with you. Like he was very slick that way. And he did have a, um, you know, he had a, Alexander Hamilton had a very difficult childhood, so did Burr. You know they came from different financial circumstances, but very similar kind of circumstances as far as like who took care of them i mean he was he was uh you know he was orphaned as well um when burr burr the reason why Burr is very interesting to me is because he's actually associated with a bunch of different ghosts, not only his own um but he was married to Aaron Burr was married to a woman named theodosia barton Barton. and she was the she had uh, she was born in um she was born in shrewsbury new jersey her father died prior to her birth So her father died about four months prior to her birth. Her mother, Anne ends ends up raising her for five years by herself and then meets and marries um, a captain in charge of uh, Royal forces in New Jersey. Um, When Theodosia is about 17 or 18 years old, the family has moved up to a place called the Hermitage, which is in Hohokus, And Her stepfather is a really cosmopolitan guy who decides that he's like, you know, any daughter of mine or stepdaughter of mine um, needs to be able needs to be well-versed in languages, needs to be well-versed in classical training. And she should be trained intellectually as if she were a boy. She needs to be able Hmm. to sit in a room and converse and be, um, you know, an intelligent person. Um, Remember it's, 1760s to the 1780s to the enlightenment right like all of this stuff is kind of happening um so she um ends up at at 18 she ends up marrying a man a lot older than her and he actually is the commander of royal forces in new jersey um in 1770 he is sent to the west indies to take over the west indies and she stays in the hermitage with um their five children She is, she is probably 25 or 26 when he leaves, maybe a little bit younger. With five kids? With five kids. That's not very enlightened. He's significantly older, right? So he leaves. Now here's the thing though. He was a loyalist. Her father was a loyalist. She's a patriot. She has been brought up on the teachings of Rousseau. She believes in liberty. Um, Mary Wollstonecraft is like an idol of hers. And, um and and the men that she 's surrounded by believe that as well you know so 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 even though they're royalists and they're loyalists that's philosophy their philosophy is that um that women should be as as educated as men, and that even though their roles would not be something that we would be comfortable with right now for their time, they were really advanced and so her husband's down in the West Indies and she goes on a, I think it was actually a trip back from the West Indies where she had gone to see her husband and she was on her way back. And she meets a young stud named Aaron Burr. And Aaron Burr is about 10 years her junior. And while on this very short trip um, back up to New York, they strike up a friendship and they find that they have very similar Um, philosophies on life and as time goes by they become um, pen pals and it's not long before he is speaking of her in glowing terms and she's speaking of him and 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 they don't have this passionate love affair but they fall very very deeply in love and it's a it's a it's mutual admiration and mutual respect and he starts visiting her at the hermitage along with everybody else. Right. So she's got this hermitage where she hears that George Washington has recently won the battle of Monmouth. She's like, why don't you come to my place? You guys can chill out. You can use it as your headquarters. And she feels safe enough to do that. Despite the fact that her husband, you know, is, is, uh, is in the uh, Royal army. Right. Wait, wait, wait. So you need to step back. So you're talking about, aaron burr right I, what side was he on oh aaron burr is a patriot right so aaron burr okay right but i so, i you know right so aaron burr is one of our founding fathers um up at this time he's becoming a hero right all i so- know is that aaron burr and Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton had a big duel, in- and they had a duel, duel and, and, in Fairfield, uh, Connecticut. And no, it was in uh, Weehawken. Oh, well, see, what do I know? Oh, because it was not quite illegal there. I mean, as as uh, as the the musical says, he's the damn fool who shot Hamilton, right? So anyway, Burr now is visiting. Um, Burr now is visiting Mary, uh, not Mary, um, Theodosia um at her house as are loyalists and royalists because she keeps an open house right in 1780 in 17 yes in 1780 she learns that her husband has died of uh has died in the west indies he's died of malaria or smallpox or something like that and um burr is passing his bar and a year later they marry and it's a surprise to no one, right? They, they marry. She's 10 years older than Aaron Burr. So she's about 35, 35, 36. Immediately, she has a child, Theodosia. And Theodosia is the only child of theirs that lives, right? So um, they're doing pretty well. Aaron Burr is um, becoming very powerful politically, Um, but people hate him and love him. You know, he's one of those, he's a, he's a character that that you either loved or you hated. And his wife was always a very much a balancing. Um, she was always able to kind of calm him down and direct him, um, into, you know, how he should behave and, and, and how he should speak, which he needed. Um, unfortunately by seven, by 1801, um theodosia um senior um is very ill and she's been ill almost their entire relationship so she dies two years a two years later at the age of 47 it's not a surprise but it's devastating to him because they were well and truly partners in life they did not do one one did not do something without um uh, mm. speaking to and respecting the other the opinion of the other he steps up and becomes you know the primary caregiver, and he dotes on his daughter. He loves her. She becomes, she becomes like the you know, she becomes like the first lady essentially in his life. He becomes vice president of the United States. So in eighteen oh three, he's voted vice president of the United States. Under back then, the way you become vice president is you run for the presidency, but you get the second most votes. So oh. you were forced to work with the dude that you fought. For the presidency with right so thomas jefferson wins um aaron burr is like i fucking hate that guy right um and they did not like each other at all interesting a lot of people didn't like aaron burr so and one of the people that didn't like aaron burr was a guy named alexander hamilton and hamilton has been talking shit about burr at parties up and down uh the east coast for a couple of years oh, this is so good um, this is exactly what happened, though. He's been, he's been talking shit about him, saying, you know, I bet he did this, I bet he did that, pretty much accusing him of a lot of different things. So Burr reaches out to them because they had been friendly in the past. So Burr reaches out to him and he's like, he writes him a letter and he's like, listen, I've been hearing that you've been saying this shit about me. And, you know, when it was just me hearing it, it was one thing. But now people are actually writing to me about it and there's, I have to address it. If I don't address it, it's going to be as if it's true. So could you just stop and maybe say that you misspoke or maybe say that it was taken out of context. And Hamilton was like, nah, man, I I don't know what you're talking about unless you have proof that I said these things. I don't want to hear from you. So it went back and forth. And, and finally um, Hamilton was like, yeah, you know what? I did say it. It's true. You're, all of these things and you know, I'm not taking it back. So there you go. So there really was nothing left except for Burr to call him out, right? Because Burr was like, it had to come to a fruition. One of us has to be wrong here. And the only way for me to, um, the only way for me to kind of assert my manliness, you know, or to assert uh, to assert my character, is to say, I'm willing to die for it. So I'm going to call you out, right? And Hamilton was like, all right. So Hamilton's son, Philip, had died in a duel in exactly the same place three years before. And Hamilton, I don't know if he was in his right mind or if he wasn't in his right mind. Hamilton went out to, to, and they went out to fight this duel. And so... There's a lot of discrepancy as far as um, who drew first and whether there was an intention to shoot and to kill or whatever. Like one of the things that Burr said was he put his glasses on. Like like ordinarily they would go out, they would count the paces, they would shoot in the air. Um, societal, that would be, you know, that would all be required. You were man enough. You stood on the battlefield. You faced each other. You didn't really try to kill each other, but it's satisfied. Now we can start over as if the fight had never happened. But Hamilton put on his spectacles and Burr took that as a threat. Burr was like, why does he need his glasses if he's not going to try and shoot me? Right. So Hamilton doesn't shoot, um, immediately burr takes a shot but he 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 shoots kind of off not on like not directly at him he ends up hitting him in the hip and the bullet kind of ricochets up through um hamilton's body so hamilton now is going to die about in excruciating pain about 24 hours later and he dies at like 43 or 44 and so of course becomes a martyr and Alexander Hamilton becomes the heel, right? And holy shit, does Alexander Hamilton go off on this? Like he is vice president, sitting vice president of the United States, who has just killed the um, secretary of treasury, right? We think it's bad now. Holy shit, they were shooting each other back then. So, so now that's all over. Um, his political career is shot. His daughter is only about 13 years old, right? 12, 13 years old. So she spends the next four years kind of consuming everything that he has been, that he's putting out, but also watching her father be maligned and destroyed, you know, publicly. And you're either team Burr or you're not. One of the things that Burr did was he went out into the West and tried to start his own country, you know, and then he was tried for treason and people were like, well, he didn't use the military. So it wasn't really treason. It was kind of treason. <laughs> you know, like, you know, treason. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna split hairs. It seems like it probably was treason, you know? <laughs> um, so he goes off to, so she's 17 years old because this is really her story. She's 17 years old. Her mother has passed away. Her father's just been through is, is honestly persona non grata anywhere in the world. Right. Everybody just thinks this guy's a jackass. She meets a guy named uh, Joseph uh, Alston, who, is, who falls in love with her intellect and her beauty. She's considered to be a beauty. Um, he's like 23, 24. He's from a very wealthy family in South uh, Carolina, and they make a love match, and he's very powerful as well. So she goes down to live in South, uh, in South Carolina, and her father goes off to Europe, Right where he's a very urbane man, people love him, but he's, he's a little bit of a grifter, you know, because now his money's gone, so he has to be. So she and her husband are paying for him off in Europe, um, and she is suffering from a, from a lot of melancholia living in South Carolina. Because remember, she was raised in New Jersey and New York, right? She was raised in the salons, in the crucibles of where a new nation was born. South Carolina to her is like the pits, right? So she's like, she's got this big, beautiful plantation, but hee-haw, you know, like no one, no one is reading Wollstonecraft, you know what I mean? And so she is very um, susceptible to depression. And so her husband loves her though. Her husband truly loves her. And so he agrees that she should live four to six months a year amongst her people in New York. So the second year of their marriage, she gives birth to their only child. Um, And it's their only child because she has an incredibly difficult pregnancy and an incredibly difficult birth. And so um, she and her son go up to New York every, every four to six months and they spend, you know, three or four months up there. And then they come back and they spend time um, with her husband who is becoming a really, really powerful politician in South uh, Carolina. In fact, he ultimately becomes the governor, which is seen as good news for Aaron Burr because it's gonna be a way for him to step back in. So unfortunately, when, um, when her son is 11 years old, he contracts malaria. And he ends up dying from it. Jesus. She's 28. um, And her it's, it's now during the war of 1812 and her son has died and she is devastated. She's beyond devastated. And so her husband says, "Um, I think you should go stay with your father in New York and I'll follow you up. In other words, go where there's life that you love and, the faces of friends and family that you could be surrounded by because her step, uh, siblings are up here. You know, like there are people that she knows and loves that are up here. So her step, uh, so her husband suggests that she goes, he's devastated too, but he's like, I'll meet you up there. So Aaron Burke is now back in this country. I don't know, probably trying to go to Mexico or something like that. Um, which he did try to do by the way. So it's not like, it's not like that's a joke. (laughs) He really did. Um, so she gets, that's the war of 1812. So there, you, you know, England has created a blockade um, to try and stop uh, cotton and and food from leaving the South and getting up to where uh, troops are in the North. Um, and she's put a, por- put a aboard a very fast uh, schooner. Um, and this schooner had taken the trip, I think something like 115 times. And so she is put aboard this ship and her father had sent down to her a um, a very well-known portraitist, a very well-known painter to paint her likeness so he could have it with him. Um, like, like, you know, it's hard for me to overstate, but he truly loved his daughter and, and her husband, she was well-loved and well-respected, but he had sent down this very well-known portraitist to, 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 uh, to paint her, and the portrait was finished. And so she was bringing it with her um, back up to Manhattan where her father was. When um, this is where legend steps in, so no one's 100% sure what really happened in the next three or four days. So she leaves South Carolina to come to the United States, to, to come up to uh, Manhattan, and her ship is stopped by the blockade. And her her ship is, you know, it's a small vessel. Maybe there would have been 10 passengers and they would have been very well-known people, um, very affluent people. Um, And it was built for speed. So it was built to kind of go in and out of the blockades and and they would have had a captain that would have known how to do this. But the ship is stopped by um, the Royal Navy and she is spoken to and questioned and ultimately... Um, they let her go. Ultimately, they let the whole ship go. And they're like, just, you know, there's nothing of value on here. We're just going to send some messages. Because they didn't know, was she taking messages back or whatever? They're like, well, but you know, just make sure you tell everybody we let you go. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So off she goes. um, And essentially, she's never heard from again, right? So, but here's the situation. So she's never heard from again, and her ship is never found And so we know that it was lost, Um, we know that it was lost most likely on January 3rd, which is the anniversary is obviously today. And she was never declared dead because there were always people who were claiming to see her on the North Carolina border islands, barrier islands but there were also pirates and privateers who claimed that they uh, took her ship after the English had let it go and that they had forced her to walk the plank. There were four different men who made deathbed confessions that they actually uh, boarded her ship and forced her to walk the plank for, and, in other words, murdered her in order to, to, uh, to, take, her go- to take the goods from the ship. There was, uh, no, three of them claimed to have murdered her. One claimed to have left her on one of the barrier islands. So it's a terrible story, right? Here's this poor young woman and and no one knows what happened to her. Most people believe that the ship just wrecked and that she was just lost at sea, which is a horrible, you know, tragedy in and of itself. However, there was always stories of a woman in white that was seen walking up and down some of the uh barrier islands in north carolina and the story was people believe that you know she's she's a spirit at this point but people used to claim that she was a real woman who was walking up and down the barrier islands until she actually passed away of old age and they believed that she was in white because that's what she had been asked to strip to before she was forced to walk the plank or before she was actually dropped off on this, on these barrier islands. Now the interesting thing is it's easy to see where a ghost story comes from that, right? Where this poor young woman who's suffered so much tragedy is dropped, either dropped off or, or, or murdered right there. And that she wanders these shores looking for justice looking for family, perhaps looking for her son or her father, but it stands to reason that if she died on that ship and that ship went down, that that portrait would have gone down as well, right? But that portrait was actually found in North Carolina and it currently is in a private collection in Maine, Right now. So somehow that woman's portrait, and it has been validated that it's her, it's been validated that it is the same portrait that, that Aaron Burr commissioned, the same artist, is in a private collection in Maine right now, and it was discovered 15 years ago. And it had been in a private home in North Carolina for over 150 years. Wow, that's pretty cool. So is, there are people who still say that the, the haunt, that the, um, the woman in white is attached to the painting um, and that she's seen in Maine, just like she was seen walking up and down the barrier islands where they had that portrait. So, so the question, of course, still remains is how did she get, how did that get there?
1: It doesn't
0: uh, have to be her. No, but it has to be, it, it doesn't have to be her, but it had to be off that ship right? And that ship was never found. So, either she was murdered and someone took that portrait, or as the people of, of North Carolina believe, she survived and was either an amnesiac or will, willfully hiding. And that, that was, uh, the, the, according to the local legend, the portrait was in her shack, so she actually, there was an old woman that lived there, a woman who lived to to an old age that had this painting. Then it went in and out of where, you know, where did people have it or, or, or could people find it? Um, most people believe that the, sh- most people believe the ship went down. Like most people believe that it, it went down in a storm on, from January 2nd to January 3rd. So the idea that it, that a portrait would go down with a ship and then, wash ashore yeah, with no damage it's kind of shocking right it's kind of unexpected but that's one of my favorite um haunted portrait stories you that's know a it's, story. It's, it's 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 a great story and the cool I'm Kathy Kelly, and thank you for listening to Paranormal Tower. If you'd like to visit us on the web, you can do so at paranormaltower.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, at Paranormal Tower, on Facebook, at Paranormal Tower, and on Twitter, at ParanormalNJ. If you have a story that you'd like us to dig deep into, or if you have a suggestion, please feel free to send us an email to paranormaltower.com. And if you are so inclined, please give us a five-star review wherever you can review podcasts. If you can share the podcast, that does an enormous amount of good in getting the word out. Um, And otherwise, thanks so much for listening and happy hauntings.